God. Amen. All right. Thank you, guys. Glory be to God. Hallelujah. Once again, I'd like to welcome all of us to church uh, this morning. So good to see all our faces. Um, it's a brand new day. I love that song um, that says, Every time I see another breaking of the day, he said, I say thank you, Lord. Uh, because while we slept, a lot of things were happening around us that we were not conscious of. Hallelujah. I mean, a whole lot of things are happening around us that we're not aware of. Glory be to God. And you see, there's a lot of things that goes on in darkness. In darkness. Jesus said, while men slept, the enemy came in and so tears. So while we sleep, there's a lot of activities by the enemy. But in the midst of all of it, God watches over us. And that's why we need to be grateful to him. So one more time, I'd like you to put your hands together for the Lord for watching over you and for keeping you and your entire family. Hallelujah. Glory be to God. Amen. Hallelujah. All right, this morning we're going to start up our journey. Uh, we saw the recap of what happened here last week, Sunday. And for those of us who were able to make the midweek service, uh, we were able to go just a little bit further uh, from where we stopped uh, on Sunday. Glory be to God. And I want to start from where I stopped uh, on Thursday. Uh, let's quickly open our Bibles to the book of Jeremiah chapter 1. Praise the Lord. Jeremiah chapter 1. Uh, one of the things that you should get, uh, especially if you're coming here for the first time this month and you're just stumbling across this topic, is the fact that you are not what people have called you. You are not your situation. You are not your circumstance. In fact, beyond what your father and your mother have called you, you are more than those things. Glory be to God. And beyond what any other person has called you, even beyond what you have called yourself, you are more. Glory be to God. Hallelujah. And one of the things I try to make us understand on Thursday, for those of us that showed up, is the fact that, you see, uh, nobody knows you as much as God does. That's the truth. Nobody knows you as much as the Father does. You see, everything that you feel you know about yourself is only little compared to what God knows about you. Are you following me? Now, one of the things I showed us on, on Thursday was the fact that every time a man has an encounter with God, there's always an argument between God and man. There's always an argument. And the argument is always is, God calls that man who he has designed him to be, who he has destined him to be, but based on the circumstance of that man, based on where he has found himself at that particular time, he cannot, um, you know, really embrace what God is saying about him. Oh, do you understand what I'm talking about? So there's always that argument. When you look at when Moses had an encounter at the burning bush with God, God told Moses, say you are a deliverer. But Moses said, how can you call me a deliverer as in me? I'm even a stammerer. Because if you're saying I'm going to be a deliverer, what you mean is that I will have to go back to Egypt and I will have to face Pharaoh and I will have to tell Pharaoh that he should let the people go. I have to be able to convince him. Glory be to God. Now, can you see that Moses was thinking of being able to talk well and convince Pharaoh. So he said, I cannot be the deliverer. 
But God told him both the stammerer, the dumb, the deaf, the lame. He said, I created all of them. But you see, as for you, even though you are stammering, he said, I have called you what? A deliverer. Glory be to God. The same thing happened to the man called Gideon. When Gideon met with the angel of God, the angel called him a mighty man of valor. And Gideon, being a very small man, looked at the angel and said, I mean, how dare you call me a mighty man of valor? Maybe if you see King Jolo because of his eye, you can say, well, King Jolo, mighty man of valor. But not small me. I mean, small me. And he had to explain to the angel that, you see, I'm not just small. I'm from a very small family. My family is a very small family. And you see, my family is not just small. My family is the smallest among my tribe. Then he went further and said, you see, even my tribe, it, my tribe even happens to be the smallest tribe in among the 12 tribes of Israel. So everything that I've ever known about myself is what? Is small. But the angel repeated to Gideon, you are a mighty man of valor. Can you help me turn to your neighbor and tell your neighbor, you are more? Help me tell your neighbor you are more. Uh, tell your neighbor you are more. Oh, tell your neighbor more than what they have called you, you are more. Uh, more than what you believe about yourself, you are more. Uh, more than what you are what going through, you are more. Uh, more than your circumstance, you are more. Oh, come on, make sure you have a neighbor you are talking to. Tell your neighbor more than what your father and your mother has called you, you are more. Uh, tell your neighbor more than what your teachers have called you, you are more. Uh, tell your neighbor more than what your neighbors have called you, you are more. Oh, can you finish it like this? More than what you have called yourself, you are more. And that's the truth, you are more. Because you cannot know as much as about yourself than your creator. The best that you think you have found out about yourself so far is little compared to what God knows about you. Are you listening to me? And let's read very quickly the book of Jeremiah chapter 1. Jeremiah chapter 1. And we're going to begin to read from verse 1. I like to encourage us. I know we have a screening church, praise God, but I love when people come in with their Bibles. And not just their Bibles, they come in with their writing materials. Praise the Lord. You're right. It's very important. Dr. Miles Monroe said the shortest pen is the shortest pen is longer than the longest memory. Did you hear that? Let me say that to you again. The shortest pen. You know, how many of you <laughs> in primary school, you have pencils that you sharpened and sharpened and sharpened and, you know, they become so tiny. How many of you remember? Did you, did you have that experience? You know, when you are writing, they look at you it's as if you are not holding anything. Then you now do like this. Very small pencil. You see, as small as that pencil is, is longer than the longest memory. The truth is, everything that will be shared in this service, no matter how much you feel, I have a magnetic memory. You cannot remember everything. <clears throat> Are you hearing me? You cannot. That's why when you come, you come with your Bible and you come with writing materials. It is very, very important. So that whatever blesses you, whatever revelation or whatever God is saying to you during the course of the service, you can write them down. Very, very important. Look at your neighbor and tell your neighbor it's very important. 
Oh, come and say like you mean it. It's very important. Uh, so I like us. I like to see us come in with our writing material. Sit down and pen down words. Glory be to God. Because even while teachings are going on, God is speaking to us. I hope you know that. God is speaking to us. Something is happening within us. God is giving us directions. Glory be to God. There are people that God will tell what to do during the course of the teaching. Do you understand what I'm saying? And you need to be able to write them down. In fact, what God may ask you to do a lot of times may not even have anything to do with the topic. In the midst of the message, God is telling you, you see that business. This is how you should go about it. Glory be to God. And you need to be able to pen it down at that moment. Glory be to God. Hallelujah. Are you there in Jeremiah chapter 1? Alright, I'll read from verse 1. The words of Jeremiah, the son of Ilkai, of the priests that were in Anatot, in the land of Benjamin, to whom the word of the Lord came in the days of Josiah, the son of Ammon, king of Judah, in the thirteenth year of his reign. He came also in the days of Joachim, the son of Josiah, king of Judah, until the end of the eleventh year of Zedekiah the son of Josiah, king of Judah, unto the carrying away of Jerusalem captive in the fifth month. Then the word of the Lord came unto me, saying, Before I formed thee in the belly, I knew thee. And before thou camest forth, out of the womb, I sanctified thee. And I ordained thee a prophet unto the nations. Then said I, our Lord God, behold, I cannot speak, for I am what? A child. But the Lord said unto me, Say not, I am a child, for thou shalt go to all that I shall send thee, and whatsoever, whatsoever I command thee, thou shalt speak. Verse 8. He said, be not afraid of their faces, for I am with thee to deliver thee, saith the Lord. Hallelujah. Amen. Glory be to God. Now this was where we rounded up on Thursday. And I want us to understand the scripture. Because this scripture is very, very, very crucial to the topic that we're dealing with. Identity. Now there was an encounter between Jeremiah and God. The Bible made us understand from study and from history that at this point in time, Jeremiah was about 17 years old. He was a young boy. He was a young man. And with the encounter, God began to speak to Jeremiah. And the first thing he said to Jeremiah, he said, before you were formed in your mother's womb, he said, I have known you and I have ordained you as a prophet to the nations. And the response of Jeremiah, just like Moses, just like Gideon, back to God, is the fact that I am a what? A child. Because as a prophet, one of the things you are expected to do, to God. Glory be to God. Can I have this microphone switched? Hallelujah. To God. Hallelujah. Glory be to God. Now God was saying to Jeremiah that before you were formed, I know you. And that there's something I have ordained you to be before you were formed. Now I want us to take it a little bit slow this morning 
so that you can understand because you see what god was saying to jeremiah here is not peculiar to jeremiah alone are you following me in fact you see before you create a thing for those of us who create or for those of us who who bat things you will realize that before you make a thing or before you bat a thing out of you there's something at the back of your mind before you bring forth that thing do you understand what i'm saying hallelujah Amen. glory be to god hallelujah please help me walk on this sound a little glory be to god thank you there's something at the back of your mind I'll cite an example. You find out for, thank God we have a photographer here, somebody who does shoots. Glory be to God. You'll find out that when a, a, a photographer is about to take your picture, a lot of times they will tell you, you know, move your head to the right, move your head a little to this side, and all of that. The reason why they are doing all of that is because there is a picture they have at the back of their mind and until they see that picture, do you understand what I'm saying? They probably will not capture you. Do you get what I'm saying? For people who make things, do you understand? Before you say, okay, I want, I, want to, I want to make soap, glory be to God. The reason why you say you want to make that soap is because there's something that that soap is going to do. Maybe you have dirty dishes or you want to sell it all. Do you understand what I'm saying? So before people bring forth a thing, there's always something at the back of their mind. There's always a picture at the back of their mind. Are you following this? So, God was telling Jeremiah that before you were formed in your mother's womb, I had a knowledge of you. That means I know who you are before you came. Before your father and your mother met, glory be to God. You know, for those of us who grew up in Yoruba land, you know, there's this song back in those days that our mothers used to sing. How many of us remember that song if you're Yoruba here? Glory be to God. You know, it's more like, you know, under the Orombo tree. What's Orombo in English? Praise God. Lime. I think it's lime, right? Uh -huh. under the lime tree you know we were playing and all of that you know and a lot of times they they use it to sing um you know maybe when they are talking to their wife or their girlfriends you understand like they met under the orombo tree praise god under the lime tree praise god now what god is telling jeremiah here is that before your father and your mother even met i had a knowledge of you now, you see, one of the things that this does to you as a believer, when you know that God knows you before you even came, is that it settles your mind. Oh, are you following me? It settles your mind. And how does it settle your mind? It settles your mind because you know that it is not when you came that God had the knowledge of you. Are you following me? And so, if he had the knowledge of you before you came, that means whatever it is you are going through, he's not going to change his mind about who you are. Oh, did you hear what I just said? Did you hear what I just said? So God told, told Jeremiah, before you were formed in your mother's womb, he said, I knew you. And because I knew you before you came, there's something I decided you are going to be. And that is that you are going to be a prophet. Now, can I ask you a question? At what point in time did Jeremiah become a prophet? I'm asking you a question. Come on, somebody respond. At what point in time did he become a prophet? 
Huh? Before he was born. In fact, not even before he was born. Before he was conceived. So, it was not when he had an encounter and God said, you will be a prophet. That was not the moment he became a prophet. Because when God was putting Jeremiah together, in the mind of God, he was putting together a prophet. So, even though the prophet now came into time as a baby who knew nothing. Are you following me? Oh my God. Maybe I should take us through this. Do you realize that when a child comes, a child is given back to you. A child has no knowledge of anything. It's, it's a, it's as, that child is as blank as anything. It's like, it's like a blank white paper. Do you understand what I'm saying? Now, when you take a white paper, you begin to write on it. Glory be to God. So, the mind of that child begins to take in information based on the impressions on the mind of that child. Are you following me? So, the kind of environment the child grows in it is imprinted into that blank paper. Are you following me? And that's why you will find out that the child who grew up in, maybe lucky, will speak better or more bottish, praise God, if you allow me to use that English, than a child that grew up in mushing. Now, I'm not against mushing, praise God, but I believe you understand what I'm talking about. A child that grew up in mushy may likely, oh, far away in the, uh, you understand what I'm saying? But a child who grew up in lake will say, oh, um, um, boy, how you doing? You know, yeah. He said, this one, Abati. Do you understand what I'm saying? It's because of the impressions on their mind. Now, the truth is, if you take that mushy child and take that mushy child to Lekki to live for maybe about a year or two, you will find out that that child too becomes refined. Oh, come on, are you following me? So, a child's mind is blank. Nothing is written on it. And that's how you and I came to the world. Now, based on our environment, based on what our friend spoke to us, based on what our mothers, our fathers spoke to us, based on our experiences, that begins to form our lives, that begins to channel our lives, then we begin to all of those impressions upon our hearts. Do you understand what I'm saying? And that's why a lot of times when you when you meet somebody in a place that is not palatable, you should always realize that that person may not have had the choice. Oh, you didn't hear what I just said. That person may not have had the choice. Because the truth is, how many of you, when you were coming to planet Earth, you told God, God, please, oh, I want to come into the family of the Aladdin boss. Or you, do you understand what I'm saying? You know, if God gave us that choice, a lot of us would not have been Nigerians. Am I right? Oh, come and talk to me. Mm. King Jolo will have been Amer American. That, there's no doubt about that. Will have been an American. Let me make you, let me make you laugh a little. You know, <laughs> one guy, one guy woke up and was cursing, he was cursing his four forefathers. And you know why he was cursing them? He said, when the white men came to Africa to come and take blacks to Europe, you know, you know the black Americans now, they were great-great-grandchildren of the people who were taken from Africa. Do you understand? So the guy was cursing his four forefathers. He said, what were they doing when they were taking people's slaves? <laughs> oh, you didn't get the joke. As in, why didn't you, why didn't you enter into the ship? Even if they didn't take you, why didn't you sneak yourself into the ship? I would have been an American by now. Even though a black, but I mean, I would have been a black American. Glory be to God. So, back to our point, you will realize that 
we become what we have seen, we become what we have heard, we become what we have taken into our minds. But we need to also understand that beyond what we have seen, beyond, oh my God, beyond what we have heard, beyond the impressions on our heart, there is so much more that God has in store for us. No wonder I said in 2 Corinthians chapter 2 verse 9 that eyes have not seen, ears have not heard, and nobody has ever thought of the things that God has in store for them that love him. Can you help me look at your neighbor and tell your neighbor, oh, there is more to my life. Oh, come on, tell your neighbor there is more to my life. Oh, tell your neighbor there is more to my life. Tell your neighbor beyond what you are seeing, there is more. Oh, beyond what you have heard, there is more. Oh, beyond what you are thinking about me, there is more to my life. And that's the truth. There is more to your life. God said before you were put together, I had a knowledge of you. In fact, I knew you were going to be called Jeremiah. So, what that simply means is that there is no part of our life that is actually a surprise to God. Eh, you didn't hear that. That means there's no part of our life that is a surprise to God. That something will happen to you and God say, hey, ah, I wasn't expecting that. Oh. Ah, this one has shocked out. Eh? How did how this one thing happen? Ah, um, we know we know things say that won't go happen. There is no part of your life that is a shocker to God. When the psalmist was going to write, you know what he said? He said, All the details of my life they are written before you. In fact, God knows so much about you to a point that he said, You see, even the troubles you will have to go through in life, he said, I know your capacity. And I will not allow that which you are not able to undo to come to you. Oh, you didn't hear what I just said. So, he knows your capacity. He knows what you are able to undo. Oh my God, I know this may not sound palatable. But you see, I've been through issues in my life. I've gone through tough seasons in my life. And you see, one of the consolation at such moment is that I tell myself that I'm able to undo this situation. I'm able to undo what is going on currently. Because if I cannot undo it, then God will not have allowed it to come my way. Oh, do you understand what I'm saying? So I need you to look at your neighbor one more time and tell your neighbor, I am able. Oh, tell your neighbor I am able. Oh, to handle. Oh, that which I am going through. Oh, come and tell your neighbor again I am able. Oh, tell your neighbor again I am able. Oh, to handle that which I am going through. Oh, can you help me rise to your feet and walk up to five people and preach? Oh, to those five people that I am able. Oh, come and tell those five people I am able. I need you to rise up and walk up to five people and tell them I am able. Oh, to handle whatever situation I'm in. I am able to handle whatever circumstance I'm in. Oh, make sure there are five people before you go back to your seat. Oh, make sure you count. I am able. I am able to handle it. 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 Hallelujah. Glory, glory be to God. Help me with that. Hallelujah. Glory be to God. Alright, can we quickly go to the New Testament and open to the book of Romans chapter 8. Oh, I love this. 
Romans chapter 8. The book of Romans chapter 8. As we take further journey in the course of this study identity. Romans chapter 8. Are you there? Mm. Mm. Oh, glory be to God. Oh, glory be to God. Are you there in Romans 8 now? Now, let's begin to read from verse 28. In fact, I would have loved us to start reading from verse 1, but that would take a lot of time. But let's read from Romans chapter 8, verse 28. Very popular verse. It says, and we know that all things work together for good to them that love God, to them who are called according to his purpose. Now, interestingly, this particular text happens to be a very popular text. If a lot of us quote it, but I feel personally that the reality of this scripture is yet to dawn on a lot of us. Are you following this? In fact, most of us, because the reality of this word is yet to dawn on us, that's why we tend to um, you know, go through issues and we complain. Are you following me? That's why we get to go through circumstance and we get to complain. Are you following me? That's why we, we are called things by people. People try to call us by what we have been through, what we are going through and we are disturbed by those things because you see the, the revelation of this scripture is yet to dawn on us. Now, you see, one of the things that the Spirit of God told me about this text some years ago is the fact that, you see, there is a man called Joseph. And there's also a man called Paul. Are you following me? Now, this text that we read was written by who? The book of Romans was written by who? Come on, do I have Bible study students in the house? By Paul. Now, Paul said that all things work together for good to them that love God and are decoded according to his purpose. Now, one thing you will realize in this text is that Apostle Paul was sharing a revelation by the Spirit of God. The Bible says the men of old, they wrote as they were inspired by the Holy Ghost. Are you following this? So, whatever Paul was writing here was as a result of being inspired by the Spirit of God. So, when Paul said, ah, we know that all things work together for good to them that love God and are called out of the, according to his purpose, it was a revelation for Paul. Are you with me? But when you look at the life of the man called Joseph, it was not a revelation. It was something that happened to him. It was an experience for him. Oh, are you following me? Because when he got to Egypt, the Bible says his brothers eventually, they came to Egypt. Did they not? Do you remember the story? His brothers came to Egypt. Now when they landed in Egypt, the Bible says they did not first recognize him. They didn't know it was Joseph. He had transformed as in transformation. I feel like prophesying right now, man. That somebody is going to experience a transformation. That people who knew you before now, when they see you, they will not be able to recognize you. Oh, you didn't hear what I just said. I feel that word is coming for somebody. That 
people, oh my God, the people who are looking at you right now and they are feeling that ah, this is everything about your life. You are about to go through a transformation that by the time they will see you, they will not be able to recognize you in the name of Jesus. See, what kind of transformation are we going to call that? That my own blood brother will leave home at 17 and I will meet him at the age of 30 and I will not be able to recognize him. Come on, talk to me. I don't, I don't think they did. They, they did not. Well, well, it's possible. Maybe, maybe they felt, ah, this guy looks like Joseph, oh, but he cannot be Joseph. Do you understand what I'm saying? There's a possibility. There is a possibility. You, you understand? But I'm also thinking, I love, I love this conversation. I'm also thinking that if that was a possibility, that they had the slighted idea that this could be Joseph. When Joseph started asking them some questions about, you remember I told them, how many brothers do you have? What about your father? You know, and all of that. You know, I feel like if they had an idea that this was Joseph, they would have had that discussion among themselves, but they did not. I, I, I still agree with you. <laughs> Glory be to God. I still agree with you. But you see, the transformation was so much that their minds could not capture it. I mean, Joe, as in Joe, Joe boy, Joe, this guy, this, this guy, not until he told them that I am Joseph. Before they say, hey! And they became afraid because of what they did to him. Oh my God. See, I, I feel like prophesying to somebody here this morning. There's a lot of things that people are doing to you right now that are hurting you. It's hurting you. But listen to me. God is going to pile everything together and he's going to make it work together for your good. Oh, I thought I would hear loud amen. Listen. Everything the brothers of Joseph ever did was for the lifting of Joseph. It looked like it was negative. Ah, they sold him. How can my brother sell me? I don't know, maybe you have ever sat down to create a picture of that scenario in your mind before. Can you come, King Jolo? Can you come? Can you imagine I'm, I'm King Jolo's brother? And I decided to sell him. If you have watched all those war movies before, where they, they attack a place and they take slaves and they sell them, the people that come to buy, one of the things they do is they check. This one, does this one. Can you imagine? I'm his brother and I'm selling him off. And the people that wants to buy him right there in my front are saying, ah, I'm a, this one no get flesh for Bordeaux. And I'm telling them, no, he get flesh, he go feel work. Can you imagine that? Can you, can you picture in your mind? How many of you have brothers here or you have sisters here? Can you imagine them doing that to you? And they are negotiating. No, uh, I go pay five naira. Ah, uh, no, now nah, pay ten naira. Nah. This guy get flesh. Now, nah, if he walk now, nah. and they begin to bargain while you are there. You are not dead, though. You are not sleeping, no. In fact, while they are negotiating, King Jolie is here, bro, bro, I beg now, beg now. Nah, nah. And while he's crying, I'm ignoring his cry. Can you imagine that? 
All that they were doing was to harm him. But the Bible says God made all things. Because eventually when Joseph said, I am he, Joseph. And they became afraid. Because they remember how they sold him. Joseph said, don't be afraid. Joseph said, you meant it for evil. But God turned it around for good. So, for Paul, it was a revelation. For we know that all things work together. But for Joseph, he experienced it firsthand. Are you with me? Because, oh my God, when you later read Psalm 107, the Bible says God sent Joseph ahead of his brothers. God knew that there was going to be famine and that there will not be food in Israel. Are you listening to me? That the only place where there will be food is Egypt. So God, in the mind of God, God was sending Joseph ahead of his brothers. So that when the time of famine comes, his brothers and his family will be able to come to Egypt and be treated with honor. Are you following me? So his brothers, in their mind, they will sell this guy. But in the mind of God, let's send him. So to them, it was a selling. To God, it was a sending. I don't know, maybe you understand that what people are doing to you right now, they have a wrong perspective of what they are doing. They don't have a right perspective of what they are doing. Or they might be selling you. But God is sending you ahead. Oh, you didn't hear what I just said. I said they might be selling you. But God is sending you ahead of them. So Paul said, we know that all things works together for good to them that love God and are called according to his purpose so as long as I stay loving God and I'm called by his purpose no matter what people do to me it's going to work together for my good they may sell me but it's not a selling it's a sending or are you following me? Look at the projection. In fact, at some point, it looks as if the life of Joseph was going downwards. Was it not? From a rich boy, butty boy, the last born of the house, who the father would buy coat of many colors for. They sold him into slavery. He first became a house boy. House boy. As if that was not enough. They lied against him. And they told him and they took him into the prison. Now, can I ask you, in the natural, was his life getting better? It wasn't getting better. But if you will look at it on the natural level, you will conclude that, ah, they don't, they don't curse this guy. They don't curse him. Is that not what we will say? If Joseph meets a pastor in the prison, the pastor will say, man, you need to come for seven what am I talking? 21 days fasting and prayer, deliverance, international, whatever, whatever. Do you understand what I'm saying? Because when he tells them their history, from being rich, to be put into the pit, to be sold into slavery, and now you are in prison. Guy, the demons of your father's house, they are not resting. Do you understand what I'm saying? They are not... The demons in your father's house. I mean, I mean, your village people, they are following you everywhere. Seriously following you. But do you realize that every step it took was actually positive in the realm of the spirit? 
in the natural it looked negative but in the spiritual it was positive because joseph before he left his father's house said i'm going to be a ruler and all of you will bow to me including my father and my mother because i saw the sun and the moon and 12 stars they bowed to my own star and his father said even me and your mother bow to you this boy you are not serious so stop dreaming stop stop dreaming those kind of dreams and do you realize that when he was dreaming in israel if you're a student of the word of god do you realize that in israel at that time israel had no king there was no rulership structure in israel every father was the king of his house are you following me there was no king there was no ruler so if joseph was saying i'm going to be a ruler if he stayed in his father's house that dream will not come to pass it will not come to pass so they had to move him from where there was no rulership structure to a place where there was a rulership structure where his dream will come to pass are you following me and the whole process started by selling him and when he got to egypt the first place where there's a rulership structure he became a houseboy and you will feel like that is all about the life of joseph but the bible says the wife of joseph i mean of potiphar like joseph lied against him that he wanted to rape him and uh, and stuff and they sent him into the prison and you'll be tempted to think that life has gotten worse for this guy again oh but the truth is do you realize that when he got into the prison there were two people that were in that prison from the palace the baker and the butler and what it means is that if joseph never got to the prison he would never have met the baker and the butler oh i hope i'm helping somebody here he would never have met the baker and the butler so and if and if he never met them the bible says joseph was doing his chores that day and he saw the two of them they were downcast ah, and guys what happened to you now why are you guys downcast and they said ah we had a dream and we're so concerned about that dream because we don't know what the dream means and joseph said tell me the dream and when they told him he said ah well i don't know what to tell you that's the the baker the baker said don't worry just tell me he said well you were carrying bread on your head and the birds of the air started eating the bread he said it's so sad but i need to if you want me to tell you i will tell you that very soon the king is going to call for you and they're going to cut off your head that's what's going to happen to you and he turned to the butler he said as for you you will be restored back to your position in the palace and you see please guy i beg when they restore you back to the palace bros don't forget this guy you and the butler said i won't forget if that happens and exactly as joseph interpreted their dream it happened to them joseph said they should, i mean pharaoh said they should cut off the head of the baker and he restored the butler back to the palace but the bible says the butler totally forgot about joseph hey listen to me friends can i speak to somebody here there are people you have helped in time past and you feel that now that you are in help and that you need help they will help you but they are not helping you but can i can i prophesy like i feel it coming that god is going to orchestrate things around you uh, that will cause those men to remember you oh my god i, I feel like somebody needs to say louder amen to that 
because the butler got back to the palace and forgot all about Joseph. But the Bible says one day Pharaoh had a dream. And he woke up and, as, and told the people the dream. He called all his magicians. Everybody, listen to me. While he was calling all those people, the butler was there. Still yet, he didn't remember Joseph. Yeah, he didn't remember Joseph. Ah, tell me the dream. People, all the magicians, they did everything they could. They could not. It was when nobody could interpret the dream. That something popped up in the mind of the butler. Yay! Yay! Oh my God! There's somebody in this season. Oh my God! I don't know. I feel like King Jolo is the only one entering into the court of this message. There's somebody that God will cause to remember you in this season. Oh my God! There's somebody. There's somebody. There's somebody that God is going to cause to remember you in this season. Oh my God! And as a result of that remembrance, there's going to be a turnaround. I said there's going to be a turnaround. I said there's going to be a turnaround. I said there's going to be a turnaround. For when the Lord turned around the captivity of Zion, we were like them that dream. Somebody, you're entering into your dreamland in the name of Jesus. You know, one of the things I know about God is this. God has a way of orchestrating things in your favor. Do you remember the story of Mordecai? Amen was planning that this Mordecai, I will kill you. In fact, he had planned with his wife. In fact, the Bible recorded that he had gone to plant a stake behind his backyard. That when I cut the head of Mordecai, this is where I will hang it. Perfect plan. And he was coming to the king to come and make the request. See, some things happen to us that we call coincidence, but they are no coincidence. They are orchestrated by heaven. They are orchestrated by God. At that time when he said, let me go and ask for the head of Mordecai in the palace, he was not aware what was going on in the palace. Because in the palace, the king wanted to sleep. He could not sleep. He called all the magicians, everything. Give me potion. They gave him Valium 5, Valium 10, Valium 60, Valium 100. He drank everything. But yet, he could not find sleep. The Bible says God is the one that grants his beloved sound sleep. See, don't ever take sleep for granted. Though. Ha! The fact that you can just lie down on your bed and sleep and, and, and snore and say, ah, ah, ah. You see that thing you just lay down and just sleep. Some people use drug to find it. And if they don't take more than enough drug, they won't find that sleep. But you, you just lie down. Within two seconds. And you know there are some people. Ah! Just... Just small breeze. Even in this AC that is blowing, they are already sleeping. Just, you know, just blow small air behind their ear. Their Almost they don't go. The king looked for sleep. He did not see it. And at a point he said, ah, what's going on here? Then he said, okay, if I can't find sleep, I need somebody to read for me. Then he said, get the book of remembrance. The book of chronicles. 
and begin to read it. Maybe while you are reading, maybe I will find sleep. You know, there are some people like that. When they begin to read, that's when they find sleep. He said, begin to read. And they began to read the book of Chronicles. Listen to me. I don't want to believe that it was the story of Mordecai that they first started reading. They started reading it, reading it. The king was listening. He was listening. He was listening. Then they got to the story of Mordecai and they said, Oh, Mordecai, in 18 something, something, something. Then they read what Mordecai did for the king. That there were people in the court who were planning to assassinate the king. Mordecai heard and he came to inform the king. And because of that, the king's life was spared. As they read it, as they wanted to read further, the king said, Stop. That guy you just mentioned his name now. What was done for him? And the people looked at the book. They said, sir, nothing. You know. He just spared the life of the king. And maybe the king said thank you to him. But nothing special was done for him. And while the king was thinking, what can we do? The Bible says, Amen knocked on the door. Ah, see, oh my God. It's not going to be a coincidence for you. It's going to be an orchestration of heaven. Oh, you didn't hear what I'm saying. It's not going to be coincidence. It's going to be an orchestration of heaven. At the point when he was thinking, what will I do for this man? A man knocked at the door. And the king said, who is in the courts? And they said, it is a man. They said, a man, come, 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 come. And a man came in. And the king said, a man, what do you think that I should do to the man? In whose heart, the king delights him. And the Bible said, Amen thought in himself that if the king was going to delight in anybody, who else? Ah, I'm on Amina. Amina. Then everything he has ever admired on the king, he began to mention them. Well, O king, you will look for a man that will dress this man. Dress him in that white robe of the king. The king's signet they will put it on his hand. Then you see that white horse. That white horse that the king ride once in a while. They will bring out that white horse. And they will now look for a man that will carry that man and put him on the horse. And that same man that carried him and put him on the horse will now lead the horse all through the whole city. And that man will be shouting as he's pulling the horse with the man on it that this is the man oh, in whose heart the king delight. Oh. And the king said, mm, that's a good one. Bros, go and do exactly that to Mordecai. Hey, listen to me. I don't know about you, but I know his heart must have stopped for a moment. He probably will almost have a heart attack. The person I'm coming to ask for his head is the same person I am asked to go and dress up. Oh my God. Do you understand what I'm saying? And I will lead him around the whole city shouting that this is the man. His heart must have stopped for a moment. Listen to me. All things are going to work together for your good. Oh, I wish that amen was louder than that. I said all things are going to work together for your good. The plan of the enemy is going to work together for your good. The bad things they've said about you will work together for your good. Oh, listen to me. You are more than what they have said. Oh, oh you are more than what they have said. Oh, you are more than what they are thinking about you. You are more. Somebody shout. I am more. Oh, you are more. 
Paul said again, and we know that all things work together for good to them that love God and are the called according to his purpose. Now look at verse 29. This is where we're going to round up. He said, for whom he did for no, he also predestinate to be conformed to the image of his son. Hi. I hope I'll be able to finish this this morning. To whom he did for no. You see, the word for no talks about a foreknowledge. Are you following me? The word for no talks about a knowing before knowing. Oh my God, is somebody following me? You see, the kind of knowing he's talking about here is the kind of knowing that he was talking to Jeremiah about. That before you were formed in your mother's womb, I know you. He said to whom he did for no. That means he had a foreknowledge. And because he had a foreknowledge, the Bible said he what he predestinates. You see, pre, the word predestination, the word destinate there comes from the word destiny. Are you following me? And destiny talks about where we will end our lives. Are you following me? So he said, because he had a foreknowledge of you, uh, God sat down and he predetermined what you will be. He predetermined how your life will go. He predetermined how your life will end. Oh, did you get what I'm saying? Just like he told Jeremiah. That before you were found in your mother's womb, I know you. And I've ordained you to be a prophet. In other words, when I was making you, I was making a prophet. So, right now you feel you are a child. Yes, that's what you feel. But you are not a child. You are a prophet. Do you understand what I'm saying? Just like he may be saying to somebody here. Your bank account, the other day I was saying, your bank account presently, we will need a microscope to check it, to see the balance that is there. But God is saying, when I made you, I made you a billionaire that will lend money to nations. Uh, but you're looking at your bank accounts, uh, uh, lending to nations, bank accounts, microscope, uh, I can't even see it, lend to nations. Uh, 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 you, uh, I, don't, I don't think so. That was exactly what was happening to Jeremiah. Jeremiah could not complain. I'm a child. And I'm a prophet. How can that be? How will I even be able to stand before adults and begin to prophesy to adults? Will they even listen? Will they not say, come on, go, go, go and sit down. What do you know? But God said, hey, hey, that's what they may think about you. But what I, when I think of you, I think about the prophet that I made, that I predestinate to be a prophet. Do you understand what I'm saying? So listen to me. I told us it's not just about Jeremiah, it's also about us. He said, for whom he did for no, he also predestinate to conform to the image of his son, that he might be the firstborn among many brethren. Now let's read the next statement so that we can round this up. Verse 30. He said, Moreover, whom he did predestinate, he said, Them he also what? He also called. Hmm. You need to understand this. He said, The people that he predestinated, he said, Those people he also what? Called. 
Now let me show you this. The first step of for knowing was when? I, I want to see your level of intelligence. Was when? Was when? Before conception. Now, he now said, because I had the knowledge of you, foreknowledge of you, I've predestinated what you will become. Then he now says, those who me predestinate, he said, them, he also what? He also called. Now, you see, the calling takes place in time. Watch this. The predestination happened before time began. Are you following me? Because you see, time began for you the moment you came out of your mother's womb. That was when time started ticking for you. You understand? That was why they started counting. Oh, she's now one year old. He's now one year old. Two years old. That was when... So, your first breath when you came out of your mother's womb was when time started counting for you. So, before you even were put together in your mother's womb, God said, I've known you. And I've predestinated you. So he now said, because I predestinated you, he said, I'm also going to what? I'm going to call you. Now you see, the calling now takes place in time. That's after you have come into time and you started living in time. God said, I am going to what? Call you. Now you see, the issue now is, the moment the calling happens, most times, a lot of us, we have been through a lot of stuff in our lives that have messed up our identity so that by the time he now calls you, what he has predestinated you to be, you argue with God. I say, Baba, a lender to nations. You don't see my bank account. You don't see what's in there. It's even in, in minus. You know, for people who borrow from banks, you don't understand what I'm talking about. The bank will put it minus 200k. So that when 200k enters, they just immediately. No, no, they know they wait. No argument. They off. You know? <laughs> that thing happened to somebody. Somebody sent money to him. I said, oh, did you see the money I sent you? He said, which bank? Then he mentioned the bank. I said, yeah. I said, I didn't know. Ah, said the money is gone. He said, ha. And they couldn't send another one. That one is already, the bank has stopped that one. He said, I predestinate you. Then I'll call you. Now the calling happens in time. But you see, before time, before the calling will happen, a lot of things have messed up with our identity. A lot of things. Some of us have suffered abuse while growing up. You understand what I'm talking about? Some of us have become smokers. We have become aristos. We have become all kinds of things. You understand? So by the time he now says, Hey, I am calling you. Then you now begin to look at me. Call. You're calling the baddest. As in me. You understand? You call... <laughs> But God says that's the process. He said, I foreknew you and I predestinated you. Now, when you came into time, you see, while growing up, like I said, a child's mind comes out plain. But things are imprinted into it. What he sees, what people see about him, the places he went to, different things, begins to, you know, 
defining they def- you understand at some point it's, ah, this one a chronic smoker ah this one a womanizer ah this one a foreigner ah you know they do your plus they begin to you understand different thing different thing then god now say hey i'm calling you then you say ah, you can't you can't be serious you can't god you can't be serious me call me do you know what i've done what i've been what i've seen and that's what leads us to the next process. What's the next scripture? Give it to me right there. Give it to me on the screen. He said, moreover, whom he had predestinated, them he was, he also called. He said, and whom he called, he also what? He justified. Can you see the process? The reason why he would justify you is because your mind has been messed up. Oh, do you understand what I'm talking about? You even look at yourself and you condemn yourself. But God said, I knew you. And because I know you, I'm going to call you. And when I call you, even when you don't feel justified, I will justify you. Oh, is somebody hearing me go? I'm going to justify you. I'm going to give you a clean slate. Do you understand what I'm talking about? And that's why I love the new creation. He said, if any man be in Christ, behold, he's a new creation. All things have passed away. All things have become new. Uh, I love one of the teachings I heard on the new creation reality many years ago. He said, you become a new creation. You see, when you talk of a new creation, that means this thing is something new. He was not talking of recreation. Is that what he used? He didn't say you become a recreation. He said a new creation. There's a translation said that said one that has never existed before. That means you are new. The moment you have that encounter, you become new. That means even right now, you do not have a past. Oh, you don't get what I'm talking about. Oh, in my secondary school group, one time, you know, they were making jest of me. I mean, we crack jokes a lot. So they were saying, "Ah, Omo, Pastor BJ, bad boy, ah, yeah, Omo Lokpa, yeah." They were saying, "Not oh, you know." Then I came and I said, hey, "See all these things. That guy, where are they talk about? The guy don't die, you." They said he did that. I said, yes, he's been crucified with Christ and he's dead. And the man you are seeing now is a new creation. One that has never existed before. If you're a new creation, that means you don't even have a past. Oh, am I, am I talking to somebody? So when you judge me based on my past, oh my God, can I bring it down to the topic we're talking about? When you say my identity is based on where I'm coming from, then you are wrong. Because my identity is not in my past. Oh my God, can I shock you? My identity is not even in the present. My identity is in the future. Oh, are you hearing me? Because you don't look at me where I am and say... Pastor Big, everything we need to see about his life, we have seen it. There's still more. There's still more. So he said, Whom he has called, he will justify. The reason why we justify you is because your mind has been messed up. Has been so, so messed up that you don't even know who you are again. They call you justify. You say, this guy I don't know. See, in 1987, I did among the guys we go rob for this thing. This guy I don't know. <laughs> don't know anything. If he knew, he wouldn't be calling me just, just, just what? But God said, I justify you. He said, then after I justify you, the next thing is what? The next thing is what? That 
means oh my god before oh my god can i have can i have four people can i have four people ah can i have four people four bold people come on can i have them ah can i have four people can i have four people four people one more my sis i know you're coming for the first time but can you come can you come yes you ah she's looking at somebody else yes you thank you please put your hands together for her celebrate as she's coming come on come on don't stop until she gets here face this way yeah line up line up yeah. god said before you were formed in your mother's womb no let me i want to do this illustration well this is the man that god knows who. god said before you were formed in your mother's womb that means this is the person that was formed in the mother's womb he's saying that this person here before this person was formed here I have known you and what i have called you is here do you understand what that means eventually what this person is going to be is this but you see before i even put this person together in his mother's womb here i've known this person and i've called this person to be this that means this is what this person will become are you hearing me now you see this man now leaves the stage now this is the place the stage of predestination are you following this now he leaves the stage of predestination comes into his mother's womb then comes out into time he becomes this man now this man begins to leave you see at this point they called him a lot of stuff he experienced a lot of stuff she's a girl here one of the uncle messed her up raped her went to poly did all kinds of things in the polytechnic went to the university people initiated her into cult all kinds of i mean all kinds of terrible things happens to this person now at this point god now says you now have an encounter with god and he says i am calling you and when he's calling you, he's calling you this. And because of your mind at the moment, you are thinking, how can I be this? This is too beautiful for me. You cannot embrace this because of your present reality. Your identity has been so messed up. You are so broke here. Debtors are chasing you everywhere. You've decided, you've changed your phone lines like 20 times. Because every time you change it, they, they discover the number. Then they call you again. You know all those loan help. Praise God. Some of, some of you that have borrowed from loan help. You suddenly get a message. I've gotten some of those messages. And you know, and I'm I'm not even angry at the person who went to borrow the money. I'm I'm angry at the kind of languages that they use. You just get a message that there's something something Ugochuku Skinuko uh, is a scammer, is a forwarder, and you know Ugochuku, you know Ugochuku is not a scammer. So the fact that he came to borrow money for you and he cannot pay back as at the time due does not make him a bad they, you understand. One was sent and they said obituary, they wrote obituary, they designed flyer 
or and they put the person's picture and they said obituary. That's the stage that this person is. So messed up, so broke. And yet, God is saying, can you see you? And you're looking at you that God is saying, look. And you're thinking, that cannot be me. You don't know how messed up I am. And God said, okay, you think you're messed up. Then God justifies you and you become this man. Oh, is somebody following the process? Then you become this man. Now this man is now justified. That means everything that happened between here and when you came out of time, God wiped out all the records. Oh, are you following me? If any man be in Christ, is a new creation. All things are passed away. All things have become new. This man now becomes a new creation. He becomes a chosen generation. A royal priesthood. A peculiar person. Are you following this? Justified by God. And God now says, you know, after I've justified this man, then I'll bring this man to the place of glory. That means the process started from predestination to calling to justification and it ended with what? With glory. That means the story of our life may have started anyhow, but it's going to end with what? Oh, somebody shout glory. Somebody shout glory. Somebody shout glory. Oh, why don't you jump up to your feet? Oh, get on the keyboard for me and tell somebody my life is ending in glory. My life is ending in glory. Somebody shout glory. Oh, can you help me put your hands together for them as they go back to their seats? Oh, this morning. Oh, somebody shout glory. Oh, somebody shout glory. Oh, tell somebody I'm not who they say I am. Oh, tell somebody, rise up to your feet. Tell somebody I'm not who they say I am. I am not who they say I am. I am not what they say I am. I am not what my circumstances say I am. I am who God says I am. Say it again. I am who God says I am. Okay, maybe because I'm saying you should say it. Uh, why don't you go ahead and shout it and say I am who God says I am. I am not what they say I am. I am who God says I am. I am not what my circumstances say I am. I am not what my neighbors think I am. I am not even what my brothers think I am. I am who God says I am. My life, come and save my life. May have started with predestination. Then I was called. Then I'm justified. But my life is ending in glory. Somebody shall glory. Somebody shall glory. Somebody shall glory. I am justified. Oh, I enter into glory. Oh, just lift up your hands and bless him this morning. Oh, just give him praise this morning. Oh, thank you, Lord Jesus. Oh, thank you, Lord Jesus. Come on, God's go ahead. 
I'm praying on the tongues if we can right now. Oh, come on, let the drummer get on the drums for me. Come on, the pray in other tongues right now. And Oh, come on, everybody, lift up your lift up your hands wherever you are. Lift up your twins for the Lord wherever you are. Oh my God, oh my God, I feel the power of God moving through this place. Oh, this morning, lift up your twins for the Lord. Oh my God, somebody here, your identity is coming out. Your identity is coming out. Your little identity is coming out. Your little identity is coming out. Your little identity is coming out. Oh my God, oh my God, oh my God, oh my God, oh my God. That is it, 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 that is it. Oh, thank you, Lord Jesus. Lift up your twins, everybody. Lift up your twins. I feel power in this place. Oh, for now, just play the keyboards. Play strings for me. Don't play the drums yet. Lift up your hands, everybody. Oh, my God. I feel the move of God's spirit in this place. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Lift up your twins, everybody. Oh, my God. If closing your eyes will help you to focus. Oh, my God. God is about to touch. God is about to touch. God is about to touch. Your real you is coming out. Your real you is coming out. Oh, my God. 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 Say the power. 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 Touch. Oh my God, I feel power here. La Cusipata, La Papa. Oh my God, that is it. That is it. Touch, 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 touch. Help me, Osas. Help me, Osas. Help me, Osas. Help me, Osas. Osas, help me. Osas, help me. Osas, help me. Oh my God. Oh my God. Say the power. 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 Touch. Oh my God. You won't remain the same again. I'm telling you, you won't remain the same again. Oh my God, they think that is the best that can come out of your life. But I'm telling you, you won't remain the same again. Yes, 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 yes. Come on, don't let us be distracted. Oh my God, don't let us be distracted. Lift up your hand. Oh my God, the Spirit of God is moving. It's moving in this flesh. It's moving in this flesh. It's moving in this flesh. No longer will they see you the way they used to see you. No longer will they talk about you. The way they used to talk about you. The real you is about the image. Touch. 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 Oh, thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you.